Thank you for joining us today. Whether you are part of the Lighthouse family, be it on-site with us weekly or tuning in online, we'd love to connect with you via our social media at Lighthouse Ely. It's on all our social media platforms. I hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you're here with us. You know, that song said, let us hang on the word of Jesus. And so, my Father, my prayer this morning is that as I read the word, that we will all hang on unto the word of God. Not what I'm saying, but the word of God. To the glory of your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're watching from home, you're welcome in Jesus' name. Wherever you're watching from, um, you're welcome. And those who made it into the building, you're also welcome in Jesus' name. Amen. We are carrying on with Pastor Giles' message on the foundation of Christianity. Um, we read Apostle Creed. And so the message today is based on, the, on what Christianity is all about. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what church you attend. It's, it's all foundational. It is something that needs Christianity together. So I'm going to read the book of Luke, chapter 20, verse 27 to 36. And it goes this way. Then some of the Sadducees who deny that there is a resurrection came to him, that's to Jesus, and asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote to us that if a man, man's brother dies having a wife and he dies without children, his brother should take his wife and raise off offspring or children from his brother. Now, there were seven brothers and the first took a wife and died without a child. And the second took her as wife, and he also died childless. Then the third took her, and in like manner, the, and the seven also. And they left no children and died. Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife does she become? For all seven have had her as a wife. Jesus answered and said to them, The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are counted worthy to attain that age and the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Nor can they die anymore. For they are equal to the angels and are sons of God being sons of the resurrection. So the title of my message this morning is Your True Identity. Your True Identity. You know, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You see, what is interesting that if you read the whole Bible, he was described. So before I go into that, I've got two questions. How can you describe yourself? 
That's number one question. How do you describe yourself? And number two is, what is your name? We'll come back to this passage of Jesus briefly at the end. And you can understand why Jesus answered the way he answered. So, if you're going to nod off, set your time to wake up at the end. So, Jesus was known by so many names. In fact, he was known as Son of God. In the book of Luke chapter 2, verse 67, but he said to them, this is John the Baptist, when they approached him and said, are you the Christ? So, John the Baptist answered them in Luke chapter 22, verse 67. He said to them, if I tell you, will you by no means believe? And if I ask you, you will you by no means answer me or let me go? Hereafter, the Son of Man will sit at the right hand of the power of God. Now, this is Jesus actually answering. Then they all said, are you then the Son of God? So he answered them, you rightly say that I am. This was Jesus when they arrested him. So he rightly said that he is the Son of God. He was, he was also known as the Lamb of God. Jesus, the Lamb of God. In the book of John chapter 1, verse 29, they said the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, this is John the Baptist, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is he whom, of whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. This was John the Baptist pointing to Jesus as the Lamb of God. And also, when you, if you remember when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, when he came out from the water, God didn't say, this is Jesus Christ. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And also, John the Baptist, you see, he did so many things. In fact, they begin to wonder what kind of person he was. And they approached him. In the book of John, chapter 1, verse 20 to 23, they were asking him, who are you? And John confessed. John chapter 1, verse 20. It goes this way. He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. And they asked him again, are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? that we may give an answer to those who sent us, what do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. 
So John described himself as the voice crying in the wilderness. So this, I mean, we know Jesus Christ. We know John the Baptist, or we know about them. But they were described by different names. And that is how it is for all of us. Most people in this church know me as Joseph. I was introduced as Joseph. But some people that know me right from home know me as Sopolo. Don't worry about pronouncing that. <laughs> some people who went to the same school with me, secondary school, into uni, know me as Manjo. Don't call me that. I don't mind. It's taking... Now, my grandmother, this is one name he call, she calls me by. No, most people don't even know it. And I'm not going to mention it. The point I'm trying to make is that we are known by different names, by different people. But the question is, is that our true identity? Does it fully describe who we are? The message of God this morning is our true identity goes beyond the names we are called on earth. So, I've got three points. The three points is a description that is important to us as Christians. Those three points actually describe who we are as Christians. Those are the things that we must have come past, we must have encountered, we must have done to describe us as Christians. Now, I'm always of the belief that once you walk into the Lighthouse Church, that all of us are Christians. If you're not a Christian, it doesn't take a lot. So listen to these three points. And also, if these three points are important description of who you are as a Christian, so if there's anyone missing, it doesn't take a lot to get that as part of who you are. Number one is to believe. You've got to believe. That is the foundation of Christianity. The belief that Jesus was born of Virgin Mary. He came into the world as man. He suffered, he died, went to the cross, and was resurrected. And he bought our salvation. That is number one. And so it's, it's, if you look in the Bible in Acts chapter 8, if you remember Philip and Enoch, Philip was one of the early disciples. How did Philip meet Enoch in Acts 8? When they killed Stephen, they dispersed. If you go back and ask, how it all happened was that Stephen was stoned to death. There was an attack against Christians. 
So they all dispersed and went to various towns and cities. And Philip went on evangelizing. And he came across eunuch who goes to the house of God to worship every day. The Bible says that he was reading. Eunuch was reading from the scrolls, but he didn't understand what he was reading. He was never then a believer of Christ. In verse 37 of chapter, chapter 8 of Acts, then Philip said to the man, if you believe with all your heart, you may. Because we're asking him, do you want to be a follower of Christ? And he answered, the man answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I'll repeat that. The eunuch now said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So, believing is number one point that describes who we are as Christians. But believing is not enough. It doesn't describe us completely. Because in the book of James, chapter 2, verse 19, you know, James said, do you believe? He said, remember, you do well. But even remember that even demons, they believe and they even tremble. So believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God wasn't enough. So what is the second point? The second point is baptism in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So you have to believe, then you have to be baptized. You can see that these are foundations of Christianity. It doesn't matter how we do it. Um, we believe in, in immersion, complete immersion. In some churches, it's a sprinkling of water. But when you read the Apostle Creed, it, talk, it talks about baptism. So baptizing or baptism in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is an important foundation to describe who you are as a Christian. Let's look at what they said. In Acts chapter 19, verse 3 and 4, this was Paul. After he has encountered Christ, he was so, he encountered Jesus and became Paul. You see, names are important. That would be a different message altogether. You see, people underestimate the power in names. I smile when I look at people with different names. Do you really understand that your name is important? What does your name mean? Well, that will be for another time. Saul became Paul. Jacob became Israel. Sarah's name was changed from S-A-R-I to S-A-R-A-H. Abraham was changed to Abraham. So there is an important thing about names. Back to Acts 19. So this was Paul in Acts chapter 19, verse 3 and 4. And he said to them, because he came to this town 
and he, he felt in his heart that they have believed. But something wasn't quite right. And he asked them in verse 3, he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. You see, John baptized into repentance. But the baptism of Jesus is different. Then Paul said to them, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying that the people, they should believe on him, Jesus, who will come after him. That is Jesus Christ. So the baptism of Paul is different. So this is the important point. The baptism is the baptism in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Not into anybody else's name. Also, when we look at Philip and Eunuch, back to Philip and Eunuch, you know, the eunuch said, I now believe in Jesus Christ. They were on a chariot. If you go back to Acts chapter 8, when the eunuch now said, I believe, the Bible said, Philip commanded the chariot to stop. And they now went into the water. The Bible says in verse 38 of 8, so he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and Eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. So you see the pattern. They had to believe, and then they were baptized. So number one point, let's recap the two, first, two points I've mentioned. One is to believe in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The second point is to be baptized in him, in his name. But that's not enough. It's not yet complete. The third and the final point is to be born or to be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, this you cannot do without the Holy Spirit. If you go back again to the Apostle Creed, go and read it again. It talked about baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because I have always said, being a Christian and not having the Holy Spirit is like picking up a child and leaving them in the middle of the motorway, vulnerable to all sorts. Because there is no direction, anything. I mean, the, the chances of something horrible happening is very high. But with the Holy Spirit, that child is protected. Also, I will use the analogy of somebody setting out. You leave your house and you're on a journey. How do you know where you're going without the Holy Spirit? You see, when we pray, the Holy Spirit will direct you. One thing I've always also said is, before you start on a journey, before you decide, before you even conceive doing anything, what has God said about it? Pray and take it to God, and the Holy Spirit will lead you. You see, the Holy Spirit will close some doors and open some. 
So the third one is the Holy Spirit. It's very important. Let's look at Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. This is on the Pentecost. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, from the beginning, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues, as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues, as Spirit gave them all trances. You know, when Jesus resurrected, he appeared to them so many times. Then he ascended into heaven. But he gave them a command, stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit has come. Why you, it's the way to understand the importance of the Holy Spirit is when they were gathered, these men were afraid. But after the coming of the Holy Spirit, they were different people. They were like, hang on, is it the same people? They were not afraid to die. Another point where you need to see the importance of the Holy Spirit is Acts chapter 19, verse 1 to 6. This is a familiar one I've read before, but you can now put it together. Acts chapter 19, verse 1 to 6. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper region, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, you see, when we read the book of Ephesians, we need to understand what we are reading. He said, these are the churches Paul have built up and erected in different towns. So here he was in Ephesus. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 19, back to verse 1 to 6, Paul said, and he finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to them, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said to them, into the John's baptism. You remember we read there earlier on about John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him, Jesus, who will come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they had this, they were baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, listen to the last one. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. You see the pattern. They believed. They were baptized. And they received the Holy Spirit. Sometimes... Is interchangeable. Sometimes people receive the Holy Spirit before the baptism. But they are all crucial 
You see, what happens at Cornelius' house tells us how it can be interchanged. In other words, you can receive the Holy Spirit, but baptism was still important. So if we look at Acts chapter 10, verse 44 to 48, this was the Cornelius that has been praying to God, doing sacrifices, worshiping God. And the Bible says the angel of God went to Paul, to Peter, I'm sorry, went to Peter and said, go to Cornelius' house because I've heard his fastings and prayer and sacrifices. So Peter went to Cornelius' house. The Bible says, why Peter? So I'm going to pick it up from 44. Acts chapter 10, verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words in Cornelius' house, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Now listen to what Peter said. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that they should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we are? So in Cornelius' house, Holy Spirit was poured out in abundance and they were baptized. And he carries on. He commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to stay a few more days. So those are the three points that describes who we are as Christians, not just the name we are called by on earth. The question is, this our true identity? How important is it? Is it really important? Let's look at what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 6 and 8. 1 John chapter 5, verse 6 to 8. This he, he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, or by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. So he is, if you go and read the book of 1 John chapter 5, you can understand that our identity the Holy Spirit is what really confirms who we are in Christ. Now let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 14 to 16, in case if we have any confusion on that. It says, Romans chapter 8, verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself, now listen to this particular 
sentence. The Spirit himself bears witness with our own spirit that we are children of God. So, I'm going to ask the question again. Who are you? And how do you describe yourself? Let me use a simple analogy. We are like trains, two carriage trains. Half of the one carriage is what we are known on earth by. The second carriage is what we are known in heaven by. You see, what people don't want the back to the beginning of the passage I read, because this is a woman that married seven husbands, and they all died without a child. And they came to Jesus and said, when they get to heaven, whose husband or whose wife is she going to be? If you remember what Jesus answered, then they don't marry in heaven. You see, the name they are known by in heaven is the first carriage, not the second carriage. It doesn't limit or diminish the importance of the second carriage, because that is who we are on earth. What our true and full identity involves those two carriages. So when we believe, and when we are baptized, and when we receive the Holy Spirit, that completes our identity in Christ Jesus. You can now understand why John the Baptist was called the voice of he who is crying in the wilderness. You can understand why Jesus Christ is called the Son of God, the Lamb of God. As the message for us today is this. We have to have both carriages knitted together as Christians. So, let's put it this way. Pastor Ross or Roslyn is Roslyn Cornell, the child of God. Adrian is Adrian, the child of God. Tom Cockerton is Thomas. I bet a lot of people don't call you that. <laughs> is Tom Cockerton the child of God? And, and all and on. So, the child of God is part of who we are. That completes our identity. So, whatever name we are called on earth doesn't complete our identity. The child of God is our true identity. That is our second courage. Because when we live and when we go to be with the Lord, the, first, the second courage stays on earth. The first carriage who describes us as children of God is what goes to heaven. You can understand why Jesus said to them, they don't marry because they were all children of God. You can still identify each other in heaven. 
but not the, the names are the names we are given on earth. So, whatever name you are, remember your description matters. Whatever name you are called by, your description matters. You are that name, child of God. So, we all have a title. So when you write your name, you see, when you put C-O-G, they say, what is that? Tell them you are a child of God. So that's the message God is bringing to us today as I begin to call the band to come off. So this is what God is saying to us today, that this is our true identity. So we are not just... Roslyn or Giles or Tom or Adrian or whatever name we call ourselves. We are also children of God. And also, this, those, that description is important. We have to have the full description of who we are. So today, if you haven't believed, we will pray. You can even say the prayer yourself. You just have to say, I believe that Jesus, he came as man. He was born of the Virgin Mary. He died for my sins. He saved me. I'm repenting. You can also be baptized. You can also be laid hand on. Or sometimes you can pray for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Because that completes your identity or who you are on earth. So let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word and for your message. We thank you that we are, we are blessed and we are thankful for who you have made us. We are thankful for the, for the opportunity to be called the children of God. We are thankful for the word of God. We are thankful for the blood of Jesus that was shed on that cross of Calvary to give us, set us free from any bondage. Father, we believe in your name. We also know that the power of the Holy Spirit is clear and present. Father, my prayer right now is that if there is any of us that desire, maybe we have that Holy Spirit. But we are praying right now as a body that that Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit will be abound in us right now, in the name of Jesus, that the Holy Spirit of God will fill us afresh, in the name of Jesus. Father, any chains of the enemy is broken. Anything that is not of God is set aside, because our body, the Holy Spirit dwells in our body, and he identifies us as children of God. Father, even as we go away from here, we go in strength. We go full of hope and faith in who you are, in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. And we say, Amen. Amen.